Hey, good evening, West Houston Christian Center. Pastor Jack C. here. And uh, it is time for our study of the Holy Spirit. We're continuing. I don't have my, my main man here. Uh, Brother Steve is not with us tonight and uh, he will be missed. Uh, but we're going to continue in uh, what we believe that God is leading West Houston Christian Center. And uh, that is a deeper study of uh, the Holy Spirit. And we are endeavoring at West Houston Christian Center um, for more of a manifestation of his presence. And uh, when we say manifestation, we're saying biblical manifestation of his presence. And the Bible is very clear in Corinthians about the gifts of the spirit and um, the function of each gift and the purpose of each gift and how they really edify and are there to strengthen and edify the body. You know, when I think about the Holy Spirit and, and that edifying part of it, it's it's when you watch someone or a, a, a work crew and they're pouring concrete or they're pouring road, they will go in first and they will put in rebar. They will put in metal pieces linked together to help edify or strengthen the concrete so that it can withstand whatever loads come on top of it. And that's kind of what the the Holy Spirit does. It's that iron within our spirits that uh, enables us to um, first and foremost be a witness, but also that we are strengthened on the inside to do what God has called us to do. So uh, today I've got 10 reasons why every believer should speak in tongues. 10 reasons why every believer should speak in tongues. And we're going to start uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Now, let me just qualify this. We may or may not get through all 10 today. And uh, so we'll just pick up next week where we left off. But uh, this is our foundational scripture. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. And I want you to remember that Paul is the one that primarily talked the most in the New Testament about uh, the Holy Spirit. John um, talked a lot about the coming of the Holy Spirit in the book of John, the Comforter. Jesus spoke a lot about the Comforter was coming, that it was expedient for him to go away so that the Comforter, the Helper, Parakletos uh, in Greek, so that he could come. Uh, it was expedient uh, for Jesus to go away so that we could get this precious Holy Spirit. But Paul, Paul really talks about the function of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament church. And uh, you have to remember that this church in Corinth, uh, Corinth was primarily known as a city for prostitution. And uh, so there was a lot of boundaryless people that lived in this city. And this is the place where this church was started, the church of Corinth. And so when Paul goes in, in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, um, he's dealing with a church that's dealing with the excess of the Holy Spirit, which means that when everybody came to church, everybody had a tongue, everybody had a word, everybody had something. And uh, that to me is powerful. And uh, what he was having to do was bring order because of the overuse of the gifts. And so Paul came in and he really kind of put in some, I'm not going to say boundaries, but he kind of put in some guidelines for us to follow. Now, if if God was going to say something definitively that the Holy Spirit was just for that season or that it was going to pass away or that um, uh, it was only temporary. I mean, God spent 
an enormous amount of time and effort and blood to get this revelation to the church, not to just have it ripped out after a few pages. Amen. And so I, I really love this scripture that Paul writes, and it's in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. And he just simply says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, all of you put together. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, out of the King James Version. Um, I, Steve and I have alluded to this several times in our teaching, and I think this is really the revelation that we're really coming back to, is that uh, in 2021, um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit does not hold the same place as it did in the early church 2,000 years ago. Uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, Paul knew that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it was vital for him and for his ministry. If anybody needed to be edified, if anybody needed to be strengthened in their inner man to do what God had called them to do, I dare say, I don't think Paul could have done what he did without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I dare to say that Paul wouldn't have gotten the revelation that he got without spending um, quality time, quality hours, praying in other tongues, building himself up, edifying himself and talking to God. It was not something that God came down and said, Paul, man, so glad you're born again now. You're, you're part of the church. You're not persecuting my church anymore. Uh, you're now saved. Hey, and by the way, um, if you would like a little bit more, we've got this little side room over here where you can come in and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's not something that you have to have. It'll help you, but you know, it's, it's just something, a little add on that you can get. That is not how the Holy Spirit worked when Acts chapter two, when the, when the Holy Spirit fell on everybody that was in that room at Pentecost. But I want to back up just a second and I want to go back to Acts chapter one, verse four, because I want to point something out to you. Yes, we are still pointing towards 10 reasons why all believers should speak in tongues. So that is that is where we are going. But I just wanted to set a little bit of a foundation and a little bit of groundwork, because in Acts chapter one, verse four. Let's read real quick. Now, you have to remember that when the book of Acts was written, Jesus had already gone to the cross. You know, we just celebrated Easter not too long ago. We celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and King. Uh, but there was a period of time where Jesus ascended and descended from heaven. There were multiple times after the resurrection where Jesus was seen by the disciples. He was seen by the two men on the road to Emmaus. Uh, you know, he was seen by Mary multiple times. Jesus was coming back and forth from heaven. He would come, go to heaven, come to earth, go to heaven, come to earth. And until the book of Acts, where he finally says that I'm ascending, but to look for his return, that's when Jesus kind of stayed permanently in heaven until we're waiting his return now. So Jesus makes this statement, and I think it's so powerful. Now, Jesus had already been to heaven, but he's coming back now and he's making this statement to the disciples. He tells them in Acts chapter one, verse four. And while being in their company and eating with them, he commanded them. I, I want to repeat that. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father have promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. 
Verse five, for John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized with placed and introduced into the Holy Spirit. It sounds like when someone gives a command, um, there is no room for um, trying to discern whether I should do something or shouldn't do something. You know, when my father, my earthly father gave me a command um, I knew that it was something that he wanted me to do. It was important to him for him to command me to do it. He didn't leave it up to me to make up my own mind whether it was important or not. He had already made that determination and he gave me a command. Uh, every army knows, every army officer knows, every enlisted person in the army knows that if you're given an order, uh, you are to follow that order. And uh, it is not subject to our own personal feeling about that order. When they say attack that hill, we attack that hill. When we're given an order, we follow that order. That's what we were created to do was to follow that order. So Jesus is here and he's making a command. And that word means exactly what you think. When he says command, he means he fully authorized them. He ordered them. But what I think is so cool about it is that he came back from heaven <laughs> to tell them to do this. This was so important that as Jesus was going back and forth from the earth to heaven, earth to heaven, appearing, appearing to the disciples, ministering to the disciples. He kept teaching the disciples in the midst of all this that he comes down from heaven. And one of the last things he tells them is he commands them to go to Jerusalem and to tarry there so they can wait for what the Bible calls the promise of the Father, and we know the promise of the Father means the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, this group had no idea what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, what it was going to look like. Maybe they had a little bit when Jesus was baptized and they saw what they had thought to be like a dove coming down upon them. Really don't think that was a dove that they saw. I really think that they saw like a, a, an anointing coming down upon him, a miracle mantle, kind of the same thing that when Elijah went into heaven and Elisha saw it, his mantle kind of fluttered down, kind of like a dove and came upon Elisha. The same thing came upon Jesus, that miracle mantle, that, that enduing of power. Remember, Jesus did no miracles until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He did no miracles. So... Here's Jesus and he's come back from heaven and he's trying, he wants, I'm, I'm commanding you. Look, he's, he's saying, look guys, it is vital that you go, that you wait, that you tarry for the Holy Spirit, even though you don't know what it looks like, even though you don't know what it sounds like. And the Bible says in Acts that they all continued in prayer and fasting and supplication and praying and praying and waiting for that day of Pentecost to come. And so it was important enough for Jesus to come back from heaven to tell these disciples. It doesn't sound like it was an option for them. Uh, and I just really want to reiterate how vital and how important the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is for you and I as a believer. It's not something that I can just kind of pick and choose. Well, you know, I'm at Luby's and I'll, I'll have some of this or I'll have some of that and I choose. It was not meant to be that way. Uh, we were made to get born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit immediately. They were to go simultaneously. They were to go hand in hand. And there were many times where people got saved and baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues right at the same moment. 
And so for some reason, um, and I will just say that we do have an enemy that knows the power of the Holy Spirit, that has seen it face to face, that would very much like to water down or dilute this baptism of the Holy Spirit that we have today to make it less than what it really is. That's really not the case. I want you to notice that it was Paul who said, I, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. And I want you to notice that Jesus before him basically said the same thing. He commanded them to go to Jerusalem and wait. There was no wiggle room. There was nothing ambiguous about what Jesus wanted. Jesus wanted that entire group filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because really it was the springboard of every single thing that we're doing today. Amen. Well, we're going to take a little break right here and have some announcements and give you an opportunity to sow. And then we're going to come back and get into reason number one of why it's vital for every believer to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey everybody, got some announcements to keep you up to date at what's happening at West Houston Christian Center. On April 24th, Pastor Michelle will be doing her Dream House High Tea. And that is from three to five on that Saturday. It's open to all the ladies. We just humbly ask that you would bring your own teacup and saucer. We'll provide all the hot water and tea. Uh, Pastor Michelle has a great vision. It's a time of fellowship and to get all of our ladies together. We'll be doing our mandatory children's worker meeting. It's a Sunday morning at nine o'clock. We'll meet in the fellowship hall. And if you are currently uh, ministering and serving in our child care department, we really, really need you to be there as we go over all of our policies and procedures. And if you're new to WHCC and this is an area where you would like to serve, we'd love to have you there also. And uh, Pastor Michelle will have a packet of information to give you and just to go over all that's happening in our children's department. And finally, men, we are relaunching our Conquer series. We've already had some men sign up, which we're excited about. We'll be relaunching our Conquer series again. And this is open to all the men in the church. It's really an opportunity to develop more of walking in purity, integrity, those types of things. It really is a faith-building exercise. It's been life-changing for several of the guys that have already gone through it. And uh, we really know that this is something that we're supposed to be doing. And so I wanna personally invite all the men to be a part of this, amen. Thank you. Thank you guys. And now back, uh, before we get back to Pastor Jack C, we just wanna make sure we honor the opportunity to get the chance to sow into the kingdom of God. So we are going to take up our offerings and our gifts and our tithes and uh, submit it to the Lord. And if you wanna do so, you can mail it in right at the address below me, or you can uh, submit it online at westhoustonchristian.com. Or as always, you feel free to bring it in person on Sunday mornings. Amen. Let's pray over those offerings. Amen. Lift them up. Well, Father, we love you and we're thankful for your faithfulness. We thank you that you always trust that we can always trust in you. Father, you're an abundant God and your mercy is, is great and that you because you give us so much. We give you this offering today 
With it, we worship you and we give our whole selves to you. So please take it and use it for your kingdom and your glory. Extend it and multiply it, Father, so that it can be an, a, a bigger influence in the world today. Maybe, may it be a great blessing to many in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's get back to the message. Hey, welcome back. So glad that you're joining us tonight. I encourage you to have your Bible. I like to give you a lot of scriptures. Um, I don't want to just preach and teach opinion to you. Uh, I'm so blessed to have an amazing wife that when we get home, we can talk about these things. You know, she she has a, a great anointing and great wisdom. And so we love talking about the word of God. We love talking about scripture. Uh, but it's important that we have our Bibles and we have some paper and pen and write this stuff down. Amen. So that you can go back and study it for yourself. So 10 reasons why every believer should speak in tongues. Reason number one, and uh, tongues is the initial sign. Amen. Tongues is the initial sign. Acts chapter two, verse four says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. So the first reason we should speak in tongues is because this is a supernatural evidence of the spirits indwelling. Amen. Um, there have been small wars that have been fought over. Can you be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? Uh, there are instances, uh, I think, where, yes, sometimes there's a blockage, but it's, it's not a blockage on God's end. I believe that when God gives us the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that he gives us the whole thing. It's like when I go buy a new pair of shoes, tongues come with them. You know, the shoes and the tongues, the soul and the tongues don't come independently. They're all part of the same shoe. It's the same with this. I do think sometimes we struggle with our own um, mentalness, and I know that's not a word, but we sometimes struggle. We get locked up in our brains. And uh, it's really hard for us sometimes just to get very, very quiet and not try and think through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but to actually use our faith to actually stop and listen. Look, I was 12 years old. Uh, I was on the verge of some major rebellion in my life. Um, I had not spent hours and hours praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm very thankful that I was in a great church, Brazewood Assembly of God, Pastor Banning, that he, there was a great staff at that church at that time, Pastor David Rose. And uh, on a Sunday night, and I shared this before, but they gave, you know, I, I, I can't tell you that I was marked that day before the service that I knew this was going to happen. Um, but I remember going, going down front. And, you know, that really was my act of faith was just actually just going down front to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me be real honest with you. Uh, I went down front. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I began speaking in new tongues that day when I was 12 years old. It put that edification into my spirit because I basically walked out of that door and then for years, almost 10 years, maybe longer, walked completely away from God. But I never lost the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is what really kept me from going over some boundaries that had I gone past those boundaries, 
um, I might not be here today. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wasn't a perfect person. I was dealing with a lot of rebellion. So it, the, speaking in tongues is not because I'm a good person or because, you know, I prayed all day or I fasted all day. All the Bible says, all God needed was just a little bit of faith. And uh, for me, it was just that active obedience of getting up, of going down front and basically just submitting myself and how Pastor Rose prayed for me, how he led me through it. It was peaceable. It was gentle. There was nothing that possessed me or overcame me. I didn't froth at the mouth. I didn't run around the building. I didn't swing from the chandeliers. Um, all I know is that I began as he prayed for me. I can I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember that well inside of me beginning to bubble up. And I remember those words to slowly become uh, to become out of me. And so it was a wonderful experience. But why did you say all that? I'm telling you that sometimes we overthink it. Lord, I don't deserve it or I don't understand it or I'm not good enough or, you know, I had a, a bad thought today or, you know, we, we, we bring this whole works mentality into things of faith. And that's really called the law. And, and we don't live under the law anymore. It's we're not predicated on following this formula to receive this thing. We're under this wonderful covenant of grace. And through the blood of Jesus, I can come to God. You know, he loves us so much. And all I have to do is I just have to submit. So, you know, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you're still not speaking in tongues. You've got to take your head out of it. You've got to take your works. You've got to take a sin consciousness out of it. And you just got to focus on him. Remember, it's Jesus that does the baptizing. Amen. We're just the vessels. We lay our hands on people. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But reason number one, why all believers should speak in tongues, because it is the initial evidence of the infilling of his spirit. Amen. Now, let me hit another little misnomer real quick. We like to talk about staying continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people would say, well, pastor, once I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why do I have to be filled up? Because we have this gap in our head called our mouth and our mouth causes us to leak. <laughs> And through our words and through life and through pressures and stress and those types of things, just like if I had a, a hole in my bucket as I walked, eventually that bucket is going to empty out. So what I want to do is I want to stay continually filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to get up every morning and I, I need to be better about this. And I want to say, Lord, I present myself to you. Father, I am baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But Lord, I'm asking you for a fresh indwelling. Let's just do that right now. Wherever you are, let's just take 10 seconds and just get silent, just get quiet just for a minute and just peaceably, wonderfully just say, Dear Jesus, precious Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, Lord, for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit today. Lord, where my tank has been empty, Lord, uh, Lord, if my love walk has been sketchy at best, Lord, if I'm irritable, if I'm cranky with everybody, Lord, if I really just feel like almost just like bone on bone or you can tell when your brakes are about to go out, they start to squeak. Amen. We need the, the lubrication, Father. We need the blessing of the Holy Spirit to fill us back up again, Father, so that we can do everything you've called us to do. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Every day we can have a continual filling, a fresh infilling of the precious Holy Spirit. But it is very, 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 very important that we um, recognize that 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 even though tongues is not the Holy Spirit um, and Holy Spirit is not tongues, they are vital and they go together. Amen. It's vital that each and every one of us prays in other tongues. And as we get into more of these reasons why, you'll see. So reason number one is it just shows that I have the fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Number two, tongues is for spiritual edification. Amen. Spiritual edification. First Corinthians 14, four says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now, if Brother Steve was with me, I was going to ask him this question, and I might ask him next week when he's here. Paul encouraged believers to continue speaking in other tongues in worship and in prayer lives to help them stay edified or built up. Amen. Tongues is not just a part of my personal prayer life, but it's also a part of my worship life. Uh, when we and our services here at West Houston Christian Center, we consider ourselves to be a spirit filled church, which basically means that when we have times of worship word um, that the gifts of the spirit are free to move. Um, if you're here, you are going to hear messages in tongues and biblically there will be an interpretation. You're going to hear people edifying when we get into a place of corporate worship. And let me tell you, there's nothing else that can even come close to it. But when we get into this place of corporate worship and we begin to sing in the spirit, sing in other tongues, you know, Paul said, I'll pray in the spirit. I'll sing in the spirit. I'll pray in my understanding. I'll sing in my understanding. Uh, when we do those four things and we're balanced in those four things, there's what's called a corporate anointing that comes through just praying in tongues. And actually, God can do more sometimes in the service during those times of singing in the spirit and praying in the spirit than all the sermons in the world combined. Because it's in that moment that I am just completely and totally open to what the spirit of God wants me to do. Uh, I am hearing his voice. I have put my own mind down. My spirit has ascended and I'm just ministering to the Lord spirit to spirit. Man, you can worship God in other tongues. You can pray to God in other tongues. You can worship God in your understanding or in your regular uh, language. And you can worship God in your regular language there. It's it's all powerful. And we were created and made to do, too. And it does two things. First and foremost, I'm giving honor and worship to God in other tongues. And it is a beautiful thing. Secondly, remember we talk about that edifying. I am building myself up on the inside. I am edifying myself. Just think about that rebarb that's in that concrete in the street. Amen. I am strengthening those bars that are the inside of me so that it's going to bring me restoration. It's going to revitalize me. It's going to re-strengthen me. It's going to kind of reset me, refill me so that I'm now ready to continue to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm so glad that God doesn't say, well, just worship me once in your lifetime and that's all you'll ever need. That's like me going to my wife and saying, you know, honey, I, I told you I loved you when we married and I'll let you know if it ever changes. That's not how we were created. We were created to tell each other that we love each other 
every day, sometimes multiple times every day. It's the same with the Lord. We were not made just to pray in tongues once in our lifetime and say, well, I did that. What's next? It is vital. Remember what we said. Praying in tongues was vital to Paul's uh, ministry, to his relationships. Paul went through a lot of stuff, man. I mean, shipwrecked and snake bit and he was um, beaten several times and left for dead. He was stoned. I mean, this guy, if anybody, I mean, he he did the hard work for us. But I guarantee you at the center of everything that he went through when he was going through all of those trials and tribulations, he was praying in other tongues. He was edifying himself and building himself up. Listen, God is a spirit. When we pray in tongues, our spirit is in direct contact with God. We are talking to him in a divine, supernatural way. We are talking to him in a divine, supernatural way. When I am praying in other tongues, and we're going to get into this a little deeper into the study, but I'm really taking my mind, my head out of it, and I am beginning to pray that perfect will. Sometimes we think we know what we need. Uh, you know, we do this all the time. Uh, let's say we are going through a stressful time or, or going through a time of, uh, you know, anxiety or pressure, confusion. And we'll say, you know what I need right now? I need an ice cream cone. If I just had that ice cream cone, that's what I really need because that'll give me a little bit of comfort. Well, that's not necessarily what we need. It's what we want at that moment because we're looking, we are always looking for something. We, we want to get away from pressure as fast as we can. We just don't like it. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's messy. It's, it's, it's just no one, no one really loves just no one gets up every day and says, Lord, I would like as much pressure and anxiety as I could get today, please. No one gets up saying that. We want to get away from it as hard and as fast as possible. So praying in other tongues is I'm not praying, God, what I want is I am praying in other tongues, my spirit alive, because we're both spirits. I'm a spirit being. God is a spirit being. That part of me that's alive to him, my spirit, when I take my mind out of the way and I'm just praying in other tongues, we are praying spirit to spirit. I am making a supernatural connection with the Father. And so there's an exchange that's also taking place. I am praying God's perfect will for whatever my situation is. And trust me, there are situations that we think we know everything, but we really don't. There are situations that we think, you know, Lord, I know exactly how you need to answer this prayer. Ask Michelle and I right now. We've seen God answer some prayers, but doing it in some ways that we would have never imagined or ways that we would never have wanted. But we've seen him answer these prayers. Why is that? Because I'm not praying my own perfect will. I'm praying his perfect will. Amen. Well, we got through a whole two reasons of why every believer should speak in other tongues. And uh, we will pick up here next week with number three. I want to encourage you over this week, set aside time every day to pray in other tongues. I promise you, nobody has ever prayed in tongues and come back and said, wow, I really wish I'd never done that. No one has ever come back from praying for an extended period of times and not been better for doing it. It's kind of like exercise. Amen. Sometimes uh, getting into it, it's a little bit rough, a little bit uncomfortable. We don't really have the endurance that we need. But if we stay with it, it becomes a part of who we are and what we do. And we really see the benefits of it. Amen. 
Well, we don't like to end any service at West Houston Christian Center uh, without giving you an opportunity to receive the Lord or receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, all we're doing is biblically what the book of Romans says is that if you will uh, confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus uh, if you'll confess him as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you'll be saved. And when we say saved, we're talking about being born again. We're talking about becoming a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And God wants to recreate us, but he does it from the inside out. So just pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I humbly ask you to come into my heart. I open up my heart to you and I invite you in. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. Recreate me in your image. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Fill me to overflowing, Father. Show me and teach me now how to begin to, to operate and walk in the fruit of the Spirit in love, Lord. Please forgive me of all my sins. Guide me, Lord. Teach me, show me, Lord. Guide me to a good church where, we, where I can be discipled and taught the things of God. Uh, Lord, I thank you that today, Lord, I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new in Jesus' name. Hey, if you've said that prayer for the very first time, we at West Houston Christian Center, Michelle, myself, the staff, we would love to be a part of your discipleship. Uh, you didn't join a cult. You didn't join a church. You joined a family. And uh, we would like to be a part of your family if you need it. Uh, we're here. We have service every Sunday morning at 1030, Sunday school at nine. We're online right now for our midweek services, multiple opportunities for ministry. We have a lot of stuff on YouTube and, you know, you can go back to archives and see stuff that we've done for years on love, faith, whatever it is you need. But just remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. We'll see you next time.